Hello, gentlemen. My name is Charlie Ungamak. I'm the founder and curator of the Gird Up Podcast. I'm glad that you are with us today. If you're a newbie, welcome. This is a community of believers actively chasing after biblical manhood, scriptural manhood, being the men that God created us to be. A few years ago, I looked around, realized I wasn't the man I wanted to be, wasn't becoming the man I wanted to be, and, and really didn't have a lot of examples of those kinds of men in my life, <clears throat> at least not actively on a daily basis. So I decided I needed to do something about it. So I started digging into the word, started reading books about masculinity and manhood, particularly Christian masculinity and manhood, and started seeking out men that I admire, men who I want to be like, men who I want to talk to, men who are actively living out their faith as men of God. And that is what, this podcast is what has resulted from that. This is my opportunity to share with you what I'm learning, what I'm reading, the ways I'm growing, and the wonderful men who I get to experience life with, the men who I get to walk beside um, on this side of heaven. It's a wonderful opportunity, I think, uh, to share the, the gospel, to share the gospel message, especially in a day and an age where masculinity is kind of under fire. Uh, what a wonderful time to redefine it, to reclaim it, to plant it back into scripture, and to get to know Jesus better. Today's episode of the Gird Up Podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples Podcast. I love Pastor Paul Steinberg, the doctor. He himself is a father of five sons, um, and he puts out a podcast every week, um, every weekday even. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast at ChristForDisciples.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever else. That's ChristForDisciples.com. Also, keep Pastor Steinberg in your prayers as they begin to launch a new a new congregation in inner city Milwaukee. They started out as chaplains in schools ministry in Milwaukee, where they're going to different schools around the city and offering chaplain services. And now they've even launched a new church as well. So keep them in your prayers as they do some incredible ministry here in the city of Milwaukee. This episode is also sponsored by Iron Men of God. Now, Christian men today face many challenges in our increasingly post-Christian world. One of the most important challenges Christian men face is defining what it means to be a Christian man living in this world. Iron Men of God, formed in 2014 by a group of laymen from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Exonia, Wisconsin, works to address this challenge through the Iron Men of God Men's Conference. Each year, Iron Men of God Men's Conference speakers help attendees sharpen and strengthen their faith by using God's Word to clearly define our roles as husbands, fathers, sons, and leaders in our families, communities, and churches. Attendees are also encouraged in their faith by fellow brothers in Christ. Join us this year for our conference and be strengthened and encouraged in your faith as well. The Iron Men of God Conference this year takes place on Saturday, March 21st from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's at St. Paul's Lutheran School in Exonia, Wisconsin. It's the seventh annual. You will enjoy a delicious catered lunch. You will hear some great conference uh, speakers who are aimed straight at the hearts of men, and you will worship with your brothers in Christ. High school and college-aged men can register for free this year, which is also very exciting. The speakers, besides myself, I'll be there, and you'll get to hear me, you get to see me in person, all that good stuff. Make sure you stop by the booth and say hi. But the other speakers are Pastor Ben Sadler, Pastor Mark Parsons, and Pastor Greg Lyon. Actually, Pastor Mark Parsons you're going to hear from in just a couple of days when he's on as an interviewee. Wonder, one, wonderful things are happening over there. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So I hope that we will see you there at the Iron Men of God Men's Conference on March 21st, 2020 at St. Paul's in Exonia, Wisconsin. 
If you want to hear your ministry or your product or your whatever it is advertised on the Gird Up Podcast, make sure you let me know. All my contact information is at the end of the show. I hope you're enjoying this wonderful new microphone I just bought. It sounds great. Let's get on with the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, gentlemen, we have a new man of the Bible today. Today and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about Boaz. Now, I love Boaz. I think it's a great story. And we're going to take that story from the book of Ruth, chapter 2, starting at verse 4. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, she is the Moabites who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and now has worked steadily from morning until now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean from another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've told you, I've been told about all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with the people that you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you, richly, may you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Oh, may I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing even of one of your servant girls. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, and dip it in wine vinegar. Then she sat down with the harvesters, and he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one working, about the one whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not show, stopped showing kindness to the living and the dead. And she added, That man is your close relative. He is one of your, our, your kinsmen redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go to his, go with his girls because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and the wheat harvests are finished. And then she lived with her mother-in-law. 
gentlemen, I would suggest that you go back and you read the entire book of Ruth because it's just filled with all kinds of treasures. Um, but this is the section we're going to talk about today and, and a little bit more. Boaz, man. Boaz is a good name. He has a good name, too. In fact, I would assert the few others in all of Scripture had even as good a name, much less a better name, as Boaz. This is not just a good name among men, but a good name with his heavenly father, the maker and creator and perfecter of the faith. In the first verses of Ruth chapter 2, where we first encounter Boaz, he ins- the inspired writer uses an interesting term, a fascinating term, to identify him as the best of men. The Hebrew translates as a man of standing, or an honorable gentleman, or even a man of means, but these all fail to capture the completeness of the term that's used in the original Hebrew. Scholars speculate that this term used to describe Boaz is redefining manhood in a time of peace and prosperity. It establishes an example of exemplary manhood that ought to be studied and emulated. In other contexts, the term used here to describe Boaz would refer to a mighty warrior, or a very wealthy man. But we're led to believe that Boaz is neither one of these two things. Instead, he's a farmer. He's a good farmer with land and servants, but a farmer nonetheless, and he's nothing more than a farmer either. To to find this term that they use attached instead to a man completely in tune with his loving and faithful Heavenly Father, the promise-filling and covenant-keeping Yahweh, it leads us to a surprising conclusion, but one that's valuable today as it is as it was in the time of its writing boaz is a man's man he's a man after god's own heart and it's not because of his mighty victories or his commanding leadership but because of his incredible kindness boaz sees the needs of those around him and does what he can to meet those needs far beyond anything the law requires and boaz earns his reputation he continued to earn it day after day by his treatment of widows and slaves and elders alike and his respect and reverence for the law of the Lord and, and the Lord himself, which in Israel was one and the same. They place him squarely in favor with man and deity alike. He has the favor of God. When Boaz enters a field in the morning, he greets his men with a holy greeting, a blessing from Scripture, and they respond in kind. When he sees girls working in the field, He provides them food, protection, and takes care to ensure that they go home with all that they need and more. He allows his men to eat of the harvest long before their work is complete, and he joins them in celebration when the job is finally done. He has standing with the elders of the city gate, but instead of throwing his weight around and playing politics, he uses the law's proper channels and gives his brother the proper respect. He looks out for Ruth's reputation, and he refuses to take advantage of her. Even, he refused to take advantage of her, even when he's drunk and they're alone in the middle of the night and nobody would have known any better. He even takes on the responsibility of Naomi's restoration and care, giving his firstborn to replace her sons who were lost in a foreign land. Because his first child wouldn't be his own heir, but considered another man's son, Boaz knew someday he'd have to give up this land that he was purchasing at the end of the book of Ruth. Boaz is a man among men, but without he's a, he, he establishes himself, himself as a man without ever raising his hand to fight and without ever belting a sword to his side. Manhood is not about visceral dominance or winning great battles on the Lord's behalf, although this may be your calling. Masculinity is established and manhood is won by following Jesus and loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, and strength. 
is the careful and faithful fulfillment of laws and commands of the Lord, the loving Father who shapes and fashions us in his own likeness, not to the standard of the world. Men are called to many different purposes, and each man must fulfill his own role in the, in the grand order with faithfulness, love, and compassion. But blessings and favor are not won by might, but by empathy, love, and compassion. Learn from Boaz, and then go and do likewise. As we reflect on that, gentlemen, I want you to think about three things. First of all, how does Boaz's label as a man of standing fly in the face of popular culture? Think about the world we live in. Think about how people define masculinity and manhood and some of the things people say about masculinity and manhood. How does the fact that Boaz is labeled as a real man, how does that fly in the face of popular culture? And since it does fly in the face of popular culture, what can you and I learn from his conduct and his values? I outlined it right there in, in, in the devotion, right? To follow Jesus is to find masculinity. Masculinity is something learned and earned. And in order to learn and earn masculinity, true masculinity, as I was created, I must learn to know my Heavenly Father. It's as simple as that. If I follow God, right? Jesus in the New Testament said there are two commandments, right? The first is to love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two things, you will know the love of the Lord. If you do those two things, you will find yourself a man. If you do those two things, you will be a man in God's sight. You will be the man that God has created us to be. Now, we don't do that perfectly. We don't even do it well. So that's the challenge, right? I've been redeemed. I've been restored to sonship in the heavenly kingdom. Now, while I live out my days on earth waiting for Jesus to call me home, how do I live? Well, I love God first. And I love others second. I'm third. Number two. Many men do not face great physical battles like Gideon and Samson, David, or Joshua. So, with that in mind, how does Boaz's example encourage men who struggle to, with identity to find their calling and purpose? Right? If my masculinity is directly tied to my calling and purpose, purpose, which it is, if I don't have some great battle to fight, if I don't, if 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 if, if my hometown is never attacked, if I don't have, you know, if I'm not a violent man, if I never have to face down demons and the devil, if I never have to go out to battle, if I never, if no one in my family is ever faces abuse or any of those things, right? How do I then establish my own masculinity and manhood? How do I find identity in who I am as a man? Well, you do have a purpose. You do have a battle to fight. And it's ensuring the safety and strength and health spiritually and physically and emotionally and mentally and, and all everything it's providing and presiding over your family. It's finding your place in the community and in the church, which, again, in Israel was one and the same, and living it out, following Jesus with your whole heart. Right? Finally, guys, number three, Boaz had an excellent reputation, a good name beyond reproach. So what's your reputation? Do you know what it is? Do you know the reputation you have with the people around you? What is your reputation? I would encourage you to do some recon. Go ask your trusted friends and family. What is your reputation? 
look him in the eye, say, hey, this is a weird question. I want you to tell me the truth. What's my reputation at the office? Hey, man, I know this is a little awkward to, to say it in my face, um, but, but I really want to know because I want to grow. You know, what, what is my reputation around the church? Or you'd say, hey, honey, I know, uh, you know that I've been trying to be a, a better man. You know that I've been trying to grow. So tell me, what, what, is, my, what is my reputation around, around the family? What, what does my family think of me? What does your family think of me? What do the kids think of me? Right? What is my reputation? And when you hear good things, lean into them. Right? Own it. Lean into it. Take it as a sign that you've got a spiritual gift. Right? They say, wow, you're really resourceful. And you're, you're really good with your money. You're a great steward. Lean into those things. Those are spiritual gifts. Oh, you're a great listener. Those are spiritual gifts. When you hear things that are negative, well, you do have a, you have a, you have a, they, you have a, a reputation for being angry. Well, <laughs> it's time to pray over that. It's time to bring that into your prayer life. It's time to talk to God about it and seek some guidance, seek some help from your Heavenly Father. And it also wouldn't be a bad idea to seek some help and some guidance from, from men around you, whether that's professionally like actually talking to a counselor or just telling the guys that you hopefully you have an accountability group, right? Or men that you're accountable to just tell them, Hey, this is what I'm working on. I want you to keep an eye out or Hey, this is what I'm working on. I'm going to keep reporting back to you. How I think how I think I'm doing, right? Do some reconnaissance, ask your friends and family, ask your bros, ask the people you work with and then learn from it, develop and grow, explore the truth, develop and grow based on what the truth is. Fellas, let's finish today with a prayer and get our week started on the right foot. Let's pray. Father, you are the giver of good and perfect gifts, the one for whom all blessings flow. Create in us humble hearts, willing to serve and ready to love. Teach us empathy, love, and compassion. Help us to see and meet the needs we find in the world around us. Let us do and say all things into your name's glory and not to our own. And let us faithfully serve you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.